This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of Christian bigotry against queer and trans people, religious trauma, discussion of the COVID-19 pandemic relevant as of March 28th, 2021, and food. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA plus community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are here to discuss whatever it is that says, Psych! 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 Pranked! You, you thought, pranked! A- April Fools! You, you, thought, you thought we were going to do that thing we usually do, but we're not. You got so pranked back there. J- joke's on you. You probably didn't read the description for this episode, and we're <laughs> expecting an interview. Perhaps with someone named April, but you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong and we got you. Okay, but what trans person is going to change their name legally to first name April, middle name Fool? Oh, God, someone has to. Someone has to. Who will be the brave warrior that steps up and does this for everyone? There's a trans person out there somewhere who's desperately trying to figure out the right name for them, and they're also like, but what if I make it a goof? This is for you. This is it. This is your sign. Yeah. Or free drag name, it's April Day, but the middle name is Fool's. Yes, April F day. <laughs> April for day. April for day. BRB putting it on my uh, drag name Twitter. Perfect. You know all the hallmarks of a good drag name where it requires further explanation in order to truly land. Just like any good joke. Exactly. Uh, that's been my way anyway. Um, so what is truly on the buy schedule today as Jay types out April Fool's Day on their free drag name Twitter account, um, is that we are uh, lovingly plagiarizing the podcast Wonderful, uh, co-hosted by Griffin and Rachel McElroy, um, because usually on April Fool's Days, we would interview a cishet person to try to figure out what their whole deal is. And Mm -hmm. uh, while that venture has been successful at times and left us with more questions than answers at other times... We are still in the middle of a pandemic, and, like, a year has passed on that, so it'd be really nice to, like, just talk about good shit for a bit. So that's our plan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So we're just gonna talk about stuff that makes us happy. Yes, we need joy in a way that just goofing around with how oppressed cishet people are, just, it wouldn't spark that same, uh... Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. As, as fun and evergreen as a uh, bit that is, uh, we needed something else. So we are once again plagiarizing from the McElroy family. Um, our bad, I guess, but they can figure it out. They're 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 popular enough. They can they can solve that one. Yeah. Cool. So, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, 
why don't you why don't you go since you had something prepped <laughs> yeah okay well this is a this is sort of a current event and i think that it will stay current we're recording this like a couple of days before april fools obviously because that's how podcasting works <laughs> um but I wanted to bring up something that is in the zeitgeist right now that has just absolutely taken over my brain. Um, it is the newly released Little Nas X song uh, oh. <laughs> uh, called uh, Montero, parentheses, Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Um, yeah. Have, have, you, have you listened to the song and or watched the music video? No, I'm really, really bad at keeping up with like new releases and music. I still haven't even listened to Chromatica like a bad gay. Um, but I very much appreciate Lil Nas X's um, TikToks and fashion always. Yes, those are extreme. <laughs> I mean, Lil, Lil Nas in general, I just absolutely adore, which is why I follow him on all the social medias, which is how I knew that he came out with a video. But even if I hadn't, uh, gay Twitter was a buzz uh, the past few days uh, because this song and this music video are extremely queer. Honest, yes. like spoilers ahead, but like I see it, like I cannot oversell it, and no amount of spoilers can like oversell just watching the music video. Uh, like, I knew what was going to happen in the music video. Like, I saw pictures and videos from it, and then I watched the full video and was still blown away. So I truly don't, I truly don't believe I can spoil this. Uh, so the music video, like, the, the premise of the song is pretty much, like, speaking to a lover about, like, wanting to be on a first-name basis with each other, essentially, and, like, mm -hmm. all the stuff they want to do together, like, tell me you love me in private and call me by your name, all that stuff. Um... And there's a lot of, like, very not subtle metaphor about wanting to have sex with a man. <laughs> um, and the music video has a lot of very, like, like sort of a modge podge of, like, Greek mythology and Christian... I'll also say mythology. I don't know. Come fight me. Um, like, it's, like, the beginning is a very, like... Uh, Adam and Eve being tempted by the snake mm. themings... But it's okay. I should also say every single character in this video is played by Lil Nas. Good. It's it's all green screen. It's just Lil Nas being every single <laughs> character. So do keep that in mind. Um, and then like he's put on trial for something or other, like in a sort of Greek. Um, I almost said Thunderdome, but sure, oh. it's a Thunderdome situation. Um, and then he's uh, there, he's bonked on the head by a rock and starts to ascend to heaven. But then a pole shows up. He grabs on it and pole dance descends into hell. Oh my god! And then meets the devil, gives the devil a lap dance, kills the devil, and acclaims the throne of Satan. And that's the that's the end of the video. I think, um, I don't think I'm, uh, going out on a limb here and speaking for all queer people, um, in mm -hmm. saying that that's, that's the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> and he played it out in real life. And, like, it's, it's so fucking powerful because, like, of course now all the, like, Christians are like, this is sacrilege. And he's, his official statement is essentially like, you've been telling queer people we're going to hell since Christianity started. I volunteer my going to hell, and all of a sudden it's a fucking problem for you. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if you're gonna tell me I'm going into hell, fine. I'm gonna pole dance into hell, fucking kill Satan, and become <laughs> Satan himself. <laughs> Fuck you, says Little Nas. God, bless. And what I had pulled up on, because you said it sounded like I had something prepared, mm-hmm. and I do, because, um... And I sincerely apologize if I mispronounce the name Montero, because that I'm just reading it phonetically. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I read that phonetically incorrect, my sincere apologies to Lil Nas, because that is his non-stage name, uh, like oh. his first name. And that's the like capitalized title of the song. And this is what he posted on Instagram uh, after the release of the song. It's a note, and it goes, Dear 14-year-old Montero... I wrote a song with our name in it. It's about a guy I met last summer. I know we promised to never come out publicly. I know we promised to never be that kind of gay person. I know we promised to die with the secret. But this will open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. You see, this is very scary for me. People will be angry. They will say I'm pushing an agenda. But the truth is, I am. The agenda to make people stay the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be. Sending you love from the future. I'm not gonna cry because that would make for bad audio. <laughs> but but it, it makes you want to cry. Oh, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, it is, it is just such, like, if you haven't watched the music and, like, I am on the same boat where, like, sometimes I'll watch a music video and I'll be like, okay, cool, I did not get the hype. You will get the hype. So, listener, if you have not watched this music video, go watch it. Good God. As soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's, oh my God, <sighs> so good. Like, I have watched this video multiple times. And, like, it, I I am on the boat, like, sometimes uh, artists will, like, make their music video longer than the song itself. So, like, a Lady Gaga video will be, like, ten minutes long or whatever. And, like, I enjoy the video, but at the same time, I'm, like, I'm the type where I'm, like, watching the duration and being, like, okay, how much longer is this gonna be? I just wanted to listen to the song. I got to the end of this three-minute music video and went, is there more? Can I watch more? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just want to watch more of this world that Lil Nas has set up where now he is god of hell. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. God bless. So that's my first item. Current event, this song, which has shaped a nation. I realize I've been saying blessing, God bless a lot, and it's, <laughs> those are inherently religiously charged words, but I just. <laughs> oh, I do that all, I, I say like religiously charged stuff all the time. I feel like it's my given right. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the culture we're allowed to appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did not go to a Jesus camp to not be allowed to say the phrase God, Jesus, and her 17 disciples. <laughs> I went, I I spent my childhood circulating through every denomination I could have. I, I'm, I think I'm confirmed. I'm not sure. That's unconfirmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it all blurs together. I just know I liked the churches that had donuts best, and I like saying bless anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's an absolute miracle I didn't get confirmed. I mean, no pun intended on miracle, but it's a miracle I didn't get confirmed to Episcopalianism. Like I was right there. <laughs> I am by nature a non-committal person, mm. so like even like even when I was like at my most religious, I saw like the possibility to get confirmed, and I was like, mm, I don't know. What if I change my mind later? 
It's very fair. <laughs> and I was right. Oh. <laughs> uh. What is, what is your first uh, wonderful thing? Uh, you know what? I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say uh, the Muppets. Yes. God, I love the Muppets. I love the uh, Muppets. Um, thank God. <laughs> between revisiting over the holiday season, Muppet Christmas Carol, and then Muppet Treasure Island. Um, yes. And then watching all of Muppets now. And then now me and one of my partners are going through the classic Muppet show. Mm. Which yes, some of it has not aged well. Yeah, uh, yeah. but our, other parts of it, evergreen. Uh, yes, <laughs> I oh, I love them so much. I love that there's puppets for everyone. Like, I meant I meant like you know like most puppet media is like geared towards children. Uh, right, so it's nice yeah. that like the Muppets can be for children, but also like the adults can get in on jokes. But also, when I say there's a Muppet for everyone, um, me and my roommate were arguing with each other about who was what Muppet the other night. So <laughs> <laughs> there truly is a Muppet for every. Did did you land on an answer for yourself? Uh, well, see, there was some there was some um, fiddle faddling about about whether uh, or not you or I are Gonzo. <laughs> oh that is that is really close it really it, it is a sincere toss-up yeah no we're we're both very gonzo adjacent but then we're thinking about like when we do shows together and we're like oh they're they're kermit <laughs> yeah 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 you're not wrong I, I was even gonna say that so i'm glad that i'm not the only one who perceives that <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll take the the gonzo the heavy, heavy uh, burden of being Gonzo. That's uh, fair, though. I would say, I would say you're a fo- uh, Fozzie Bear Rising. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not just the sheer, the sheer punnery. Ah, oh, yes, no, that's fair. Fozzie Bear love a da pun. He love a da pun. He love a da pun. I, I don't know. I just love the Muppets. They make me happy. It's just they're so. Uh, wholesome <laughs> for the most yeah. part i don't know <laughs> sure, the classic I'm... show they're kind of mean to each other <laughs> yeah i mean like that the, the muppet show was where they were really developing those characters so like you yeah. know season one gonzo is a completely different hoe than we see like in any other <laughs> season of anything um yeah but like everybody who knows me knows that i am a diehard for the muppets they are my comfort food um i would I would kill God themselves for Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> it's a great adaptation. It's a great adaptation. And, like, I would know. I watched so many Christmas Carols. And it's and Muppet's Christmas Carol still holds up as one of the stronger ones, in my opinion. I, I, I wish that there was more Muppet versions of classic lit, because we have Christmas Carol, we have Treasure Island, Treasure we have Island. Wizard of Oz, Oz, but that's a TV movie, and it's not well-remembered. Not good. Um, but another treasure that the Muppets give us is, um, I find great joy in picking a property and then casting it with Muppets. Yes. Um, and I personally have been yelling at everyone in my life recently about how there should be a Muppet Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they do that? They should now. They should now. They should now. Uh, Henson Company, Brian, I know you're listening. (laughs) You listen to every episode. You're our biggest fan. 
Can you make Muppet Alice in Wonderland where Alice is the only human? Thank you. Amen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I've also been uh, rewatching uh, the Muppet Show. Um, I, I have some of the Muppet Show DVDs, actually, but ah. I've been... But, like, not all of them were released to DVD because, mm. like, there were so many rights issues, which is why it took it so long to get to Disney+. Plus. Right. Um, but, like, it, the Muppets, like, obviously they tickle me because they're funny and, like, wholesome and all that stuff. Um, they also really scratch my itch for uh, practical effects yes. in media. Yes, like, yes, Jim, yes. Jim Henson was an absolute master mm. of practical effects. So, like... It, it's really lovely to see, like, the beginnings of a lot of practical effects tech manifest in, like, The Muppet Show, in, like, his works like The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Like, <sighs> he he was really a pioneer of so many different effects. And, like, to see those beginnings is just so lovely. I mean, first of all, don't get me started on Dark Crystal or Labyrinth. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Labyrinth is one of my comfort movies, and Dark Crystal has a special place in my heart because the lead is a boy named Jen. So there it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But also, yeah, in terms of practical effects, uh, I was just watching an episode last night, and Sweetums comes out, and the way Sweetums' face moves—it's brilliant puppetry. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the eyebrows, the way the jaw moves, the eyes—it's so. It looks so good. So uh, good. I miss practical effects. Less CGI, more Muppets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heard, valued, and honored. I just talked about a music video whose entire thing is CGI, so now I just want Call Me By Your Name, but with Muppets. <laughs> Lil Nas, I know you're listening. You listen to every <laughs> <laughs> You're our biggest fan besides Brian Hansen. <laughs> Montero, Call Me By Your Name. With Muppet Muppets. version. Uh, next mu- music video, all Muppets. All uh, Muppets. I would yeah, lo- that would that would that would go right into the brand. Honestly, I would love to see him as a Muppet. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> now I want absolutely nothing more in my life. We can only hope that our top subscribers uh, are listening and hear our words. Brian yes. Hansen and Lil Nas X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, why haven't you guys left a review yet? I'm a little hurt. Yeah, what the fuck? It's like, it's fine. If either one of you tweeted about us, that would change the game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's the Muppets. Great, I love it. Um, my next thing is going to be extremely quick because there's no amount of like research or anything. Probably just talk about my favorite types: breakfast sandwiches. Ooh, yeah. Before before the lockdowns and everything, I didn't often have time to, like, cook myself, like, a full breakfast. I'd just, like, whip myself up a bagel, and I do love a bagel still. Um, but, like, now that I am at home most mornings, I can prepare myself things like a breakfast sandwich. Mm. Um, and I just, the, and, like, I have some fake, various fake meats in the home, as I am vegetarian. Um, so my favorite type, you take a bagel... You butter the bagel a little bit, pop that in the toaster, make either a, uh, you can make fake bacon or a fake sausage. Bacon. Bacon. Sausage? (laughs) I don't want to think about that one. Um, you cook it, you cook an egg, 
You pile those together. Or, oh, also add some American cheese. Mm. Get some, get a little bit of hot sauce on that. Perfect. Mm. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yes. And I know I just essentially did that one scene from Birds of Prey, but you know what? Harley Quinn was exactly right. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, no, that's... She spent the last money she had on a on a pr- perfect breakfast sandwich, and I think that was a good call. I think that's what we would all do in her place. I, yeah, I would do that too. Absolutely. <laughs> I just... I love breakfast sandwich so much. Give that good protein. Mm. It's a nice hearty meal. Sometimes it'll be the middle of the day, and I'm like, my body needs an egg sandwich right now, and it just hits the spot mm. so hard. Mm-hmm. Wawa breakfast sandwiches saved uh, my butt a great number of times when mm. I was running late to work. Uh, I I love them when the the bread of the sandwich is also waffle. <gasps> oh, the so waffle good. one, so good. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've had one or two where the bread was a croissant. Oh, and like, I don't know that I'd have that every single time, but it's a nice little treat. Mm, mm-hmm. Love a croissant. <laughs> Love a croissant. <laughs> that's really, that's really all I had to say about breakfast sandwiches. Truly. I just, I love them. Can't get enough. <laughs> one of life's simple pleasures. I will mirror you and I will do a brief one about a food thing. Perfect. <laughs> this is going to be also very brief. Um, another wonderful thing that brings me great joy is, um, Reese's holiday novelty shapes. <gasps> oh my gosh. Like, a Reese's cup is, is good. I like chocolate yes. and peanut butter. Um, but when it is shaped like a pumpkin or a tree, mm. or right now they have eggs, Reese's eggs for Easter. Yeah. Um, the formula... It's just a little bit different. I don't know if it's just like the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. It's just a little, a little different, a little different, a little different. in a way that I greatly prefer. Oh, um, and I love them so much. They're like, I oh, gosh, in the past year they've been a, a an ongoing quarantine treat. I went from pumpkin to tree to now egg. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Reese's are my favorite candy, mm. so you're speaking on my level. And um, I fully agree that, like, the ratio of chocolate to peanut, br- peanut butter really changes the game yes. in terms of, like, because they really, like, mess with that. Mess has a negative connotation, but, like, you know, they, they explore the space <laughs> yes. with, like, sometimes they'll be like, this is a big Reese, and it just has, like, more peanut butter in it or something like mm. that. Um, so, like, it's nice when you find the ratio that works for you. Yeah, I mean they've got something for everyone that can and enjoy can eat and enjoys peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like. Um, is it there? Is is it them that does like the fast break where it's like the bar? Yes. With uh, with the obvious peanut butter and chocolate, but then it also has like some caramel and uh, like maybe pretzel in it. Love those big hoe for those. Very good. I love them. I don't even know if I named the correct one. It sincerely doesn't matter. I know them when I see them. I will say the only time they've really dropped the ball, in my opinion, is Reese's Pieces. Um, oh, hot take. I they, They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have enough chocolate to really feel like a Reese's product, in my opinion. They just kind of feel like underwhelming peanut butter bites. And then when they shove yeah. them into a large Reese's cup... Um, I'm like, well, the crunch is nice, I suppose, but mostly I'm confused. 
Yeah, I have little teeth, so I can't be risking big surprises like that in my bite. <laughs> um, but yeah, I Reese's Pieces for me are very much a thing where it's like, if somebody puts them out in front of me, sure, I'll take a little nibble. Yeah. But like, if you want me to choose between that and an M&M, I'm going to take the M&M. It's the superior s- small round candy coated candy. <laughs> Yeah, they got it right on the first time, and, like, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going with that. Even even the M&M's peanut butter ones are better than Reese's Pieces. Yes, because there's more chocolate. The ratio is better. Yeah. I feel like maybe they patented the ratio, and then we're like, Reese's, you can't touch this, and Reese's is like, well, fuck. I swear Reese's Pieces came first, and then M&M was like, oh, we can do better than this. <laughs> <laughs> we can vastly improve on this, and they did. Yeah. So yeah, Reese's holiday shapes are my top. Um, I mean, you could expand this to just novelty-shaped food. I love that shit. I have a heart-shaped waffle maker. Um, mm. I have heart pans that I use to make heart-shaped cakes and pizzas. I, If I can make a food shape like something cute, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I need that whimsy in my life. <laughs> God, anything. Please. <laughs> I mean, as the recent new owner of a fondue maker. Oh. I get it. Which I was almost uh, going to bring that on as like an individual item, but like it's melted cheese or chocolate. Like <laughs> I can't really like pontificate on that any further. Like <laughs> it's just good. And that's all I have to say about it. Agreed. Uh, I've got another item. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I have two that are, like, hell-adjacent. <laughs> so, you know what? Sometimes that can be wonderful, because this next one is the video game Hades. Oh! I've heard good things. Have you... Pl- I, w- I was about to ask if you had played Hades, but it sounds like a no. No, I'm thinking about getting it for the Switch. Maybe, I, that's, maybe you'll sell me on it. <laughs> well, I mean... It- I, I don't know what your type of game is. Mm. Um, I did not think that this would be my type of game, um, but it has very quickly become, like, my favorite game Ooh. in recent memory. I mean, Animal Crossing is also way up there, but, like, I am extremely invested in Hades. <laughs> um, so just to lay some... I'll, I'll try to avoid spoilers as best as I can, but again, this is another one where, like, there's so much more to it, even if I did spoil it. Um, but I will not spoil, like, major plot points, mm. I guess, because the plot sort of uncovers itself as you go. Um, so Hades is a video game. It was first released uh, with early access, like an early access release in uh, December of 2018. Um, and then it had a wide release in July of 2020 for, like, the Switch and all of those um, So some people are like, it's not a 2020 game because it came out in 2018. But you know what? Eh. It sincerely doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So in Hades, players control uh, Zagreus, the son of Hades, as he tries to escape from the underworld. And each escape attempt, um, he encounters random rooms uh, filled with different, like, uh, Denzians of the underworld and all that who are trying to fight him. Uh, there's also, like... Uh, infernal en- enemies like the Furies and a Bone Hydra, stuff like that. Bone Hydra? Um, so, like, yeah, Bone Hydra. Uh, so it's like, you know, you you go through a stage, uh, sort of like 
Street Fighter style, like, go in room after room, they're randomized, and then, like, at the end of the round, you get to a boss, beat the boss, go to the next level, so on and so mm. forth. A, a big part of the game is that you will die, and each time you die, you go back to the very beginning, no matter what stage you had gotten to. Oh. So, like, you go right back to the House of Hades, and the, like, whole premise is that there is no escape from Hades. Um, you will always wind up right back there, no matter how many times you attempt. Which, for me, when uh, my partner got the game first, when it came out in July, and, like, he played it a few times, and I, I being a person who only got, like, a little into video games as I entered adulthood, and I'm still, like finding my feet on them and not great at them, that was a turnoff for me at first, because I was like, a game that just constantly reminds me that I'm bad at playing <laughs> games. <laughs> that sounds like it would suck really bad for me emotionally. Yeah. But this game has a lot of benefits, uh, for, and like a lot of things that make you want to come back for more. Um, for starters, uh, during the rounds, um, you are gifted with... Uh, like, boons mm -hmm. from gods like Zeus and Aphrodite, Dionysus, all that, that give you uh, specific power-ups. So per round, you can choose who you accept boons from, what Ooh. advantage you get. So, like, and, like, there's different um, skills that you have. So, like, you could, if you wanted to make, like, all of your spellcasting really good, you could go for the boons that would only make your spellcasting, like, really powered up. Mm. Or you could go for ones that, like, uh, like, I always use the dash strike, so, like, I'll have rounds where I only put advantages on the dash strike, <laughs> so the second I dash strike, it just kills a man. And so, like, those are really cool. Like, it changes up your gameplay each time and, like, sets new challenges for how you approach uh, the chambers mm -hmm. and, like, your gameplay specifically. Also, each new time that you make an attempt, even if you're defeated, during that attempt, you gain different points and stuff that earn you advantages for future rounds. So, like, one of the uh, power-up things you gain is darkness. So, like, a certain amount of darkness points will give you, like, oh, for all future ones, you have stronger punches, or you're faster, or you can defy death. Mm. Um, stuff like that. And also, it just uncovers plot points each new time you die. <laughs> So, like, you're also getting the story as well. Mm-hmm. And there's also um, a god mode for if you want sort of, like, an easy mode. It's not super much an easy mode, but it will automatically get you stronger each time in addition to all those different power-ups. Oh. So, like, if you just want it a little bit easier on yourself to escape the underworld, then it's that. But, like, the music is pro-bassist propaganda, and I adore it. The artwork is absolutely goddamn stunning. I mean, it's super giant, right? Yeah. Their, yeah, I think their so. Their art and their music is always so good. Yeah. yeah. So good? And they, so, so fucking good. And they sincerely do not disappoint with Hades. And it also, like, uh, something else that I find really cool about Hades is that I often find when I'm playing a video game, and I notice that, not to line myself up with anything <laughs> or compare, just I saw a video where uh, 
it's an accessibility for issue for people with ADHD sometimes mm-hmm. where like once you like it's harder the more and more rules a game tries to give you to keep track of all of the rules and vocabulary they're trying to lay out for you and at a certain point it's like overwhelming trying to get back into it if you leave for even a second yeah yeah <laughs> but i i really appreciate this game um each time that uh like even if it's the most basic thing like what button you press to do a hit (laughs) if you're reading something that references like your attack or something there will be a little sidebar that's like an attack is when you hit x this causes and like Mm. every single no matter how long you have been playing the game there is a sidebar that will explain to you what rule it is, oh. what rules now apply. Now, at that stage of the game, it will lay out exactly what it is you're trying to do. Wonderful. Oh. And there's also, there's also um, right before you start a round, because there's different weapons, it'll also give you a chance to practice your weapon on a character in the game called Skelly, who's just like a <laughs> test dummy skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you you can never truly lose track of like how to play the game because the game is letting you know every and if you are a master of the game you can just ignore all of those things and get right to it it doesn't get in the way either mm. it's not the forced tutorial of pokemon where it's like this is the 16th pokemon game you've played do you want to learn how to catch a pokemon Right, exactly. Like, it doesn't force a tutorial on you, but it is there if you need it. Ah, and also I've heard that you can give gifts to NPCs to be better friends with them, and I love that shit. (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to romance one of the characters right now, (laughs) and I'm extremely excited about it. (laughs) Also, I heard Sisyphus is in it, and I love any any jokes about Sisyphus. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, he's just he's just a sweetheart. <laughs> he's just a little sweetheart. Maybe I'm a bully uh for you know pushing a man when he's down. Uh but I love Sisyphus jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very specific genre. <laughs> so, I've talked about Hades for a million years. The point is it's really fun. I like it. Good job on the accessibility game. Yes. Yeah. Go Hades. I yeah, you sold me. <laughs> Yes, uh, if if you get started, let me uh, like let let me know because I I want to hear all about your various escapades out of the underworld. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, for you or anyone else out there, if you haven't listened to the Transistor soundtrack, the, which is another super giant game, oh, so good. Okay, so good, good to know. So good. Um, yeah. I'm gonna mirror you again because that's the way my brain works. Um, I love it. <laughs> and I'll bring a game to the table. Uh, my 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 next thing is Monster of the Week. <gasps> Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, we've had so many game designers on this show. I I don't know how many of our listeners would be unfamiliar, but <laughs> in case, <laughs> in case, Monster of the Week is a uh, powered by the apocalypse uh, tabletop role playing game. Um, and it's styled after Monster of the Week style shows like The X Files, Supernatural, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I love it. <laughs> it's extremely love it. good. Um, and I mean, that's especially because I am heavily, like, hyper fixated and heavily invested emotionally in the current, like, campaign I'm in right now. Um, mm. My lovely partner, Seamus, is running it. Um, 
I would die for the NPCs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and the reason I think I've imprinted so much on Monster of the Week is like I've played D and D, and we all know D and D is a flawed system, right? Um, yes. And it was not meshing well with the way my brain works and my uh, d- d- various disorders. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> because, like, I could have a character who's, like, really good at acrobatics, let's say. Mm-hmm. But if I roll die, then the DM is fully in their rights to be like, you trip and look like an idiot, and everyone points and laughs. Right, yeah. And that feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes me feel like I'm, uh, even though I know it's luck, it's like if I've built a character to be good at something, and then because I'm just not rolling well, the character is suddenly bad at that thing, it makes me feel like... Um, I've lost autonomy and yeah. that uh, I'm being like kind of undermined in a way because I, I get very invested in all of my characters um, because fiction is an escape. Anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're queer people, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, and so when you were talking in Hades about how like when you die, you st- it like unlocks the story it made me think about one of the things that i really like about monster of the week that me and seamus were talking about where if you fail in monster of the week you still get experience mm-hmm. um and something that like the result of you failing usually is just driving the plot forward in some way so it mm. feels productive yeah and not just like haha you messed up yeah plus like i if I remember correct, because, like, most of my experience with Monster of the Week was reading the manual and listening to the Adventure Zone arc amnesty. Mm. The, like, there's a certain amount of experience that leads to luck, right? Or is that... Uh, depending on your class, uh, luck is its own stat where, like, if you use a point of luck, you can basically get, like, a, a top dice roll and do whatever you were doing perfectly. Right, okay. Um, and the more you expend, it's really hard to get luck back. Yeah. Um, you can with a level up from experience sometimes, depending on your class. I know that in the class I'm playing, you can do it once. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Um, and, and the more you run out of luck, the more doomed your character is and the more your keeper, uh, who's the DM sort of figure can just throw shit at you. Mm. <laughs> Um, but all's to say is that there are options besides you yes. do a big fall and land on a pie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, it may be, it drives the plot forward in that moment, or maybe it gives the keeper leeway to throw like a hard move at you later, and then something really crazy happens um, in the plot later. Um, but it always feels like it's just part of the story, mm-hmm. rather than you failing, failing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the other thing I like about it, is that it's very much like collaborative storytelling, and I love that. Um, yeah. And I love this campaign, and I love my character... Um, I love him so much. <laughs> he owns yeah. a gay bar. <laughs> oh, that is that. our base of operations. <laughs> Incredible. Or it was before Seamus blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not to name any names. <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm getting over it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I anyway. I mean, yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for in a, a tabletop RPG that is more storytelling than how do I win? And D and D D feels like it can really fall into the how can I win category. Like at a certain yes. point, it's like, all right, and now I'm gonna sit here while our fighter does twelve big hits on the guy. 
And it's like, that's... Yeah. I, like, I, I'm, I, like, and not to, like, knock that, but, like, if I want to do a game where I do a big punch, I'll go to a video game. Like, that's not why yeah. I'm sitting in a circle with my friends. Yeah, and I mean, that's not to say that I, I mean, I have friends who love to, to, to min-max their character uh, yeah. and break the system. Uh, and, like, you know, if that's your jam, sure. I, I, I don't love the sort of antagonistic and, and sort of competitive nature that can grow out of D&D so easily. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Monster, like every other session, I'm about to cry because of a lovely, like, emotional interaction between our characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it so much. I am very fixated on it. Um, if you ever want to try playing it, I have a one shot that I, I wrote um, a while back. Oh, neat. Yeah, because, again, I've read the manual, but, like, I've, I haven't gotten my hands in playing Monster of the Week. I, I own the... Me- There's so many RPG books that I own that I haven't gotten a chance to play. There's so many out there. I I have bought games I haven't had a chance to play yet. I just... Yeah, I mean, yeah, the listener oh. can't hear, but I am sitting in front of so many games I have yet to play right now. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever want to try Monster, hit me up. I got a, I got a, a mystery all set. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. All right. It's me rambling about Monster. I love it. Um, let me see. I have so many options. Um, I mean, I'll throw another quick one out there since I talked about Hades for a million years. Uh, glitter makeup. Yes. Yes. That's another one where I truly cannot expand on it further than I like having glitter on my face. I love having glitter all over my face. I mean, you've seen my handle. I, I vibe with that. Yes. <laughs> it's it's glitter and florals that, like, are two things where, like, I get self-conscious sometimes about wearing them and being uh, perceived as feminine as a result, mm. where I want to be perceived more like a Rufus Wainwright type. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, like, the times where I really stick the landing on either one of those in a way that vibe with my gender... Chef's kiss. My favorite move is to put glitter under my eyes uh, in a sort of, like, I can't describe it, like, in an audio way, besides to say, like, it goes further down than the eye, like, maybe, like, around where the nose hits in a sort of Mm. triangular adjacent shape. Down onto the cheeks. Yeah, around the cheek. It just makes me feel very good. (laughs) Sparkles make me feel powerful. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got like, a glitter palette, um, which, by the way, if anybody wants to try glitter stuff at home, get makeup that is specifically for glitter. Do not use craft glitter because that, yes. that can scratch your uh, the cornea of your eye and cause big problems for you. You want to make sure you're getting an eye-safe glitter. Yes. Non, non-makeup glitters are made out of teeny tiny little plastics and... S- Sometimes glass, I want to say. I don't know. The point is, they they hurt real bad. Nothing, nothing you want in your eyeballs. Yes. So make sure you are specifically getting a makeup glitter that is that is safe around the eyes, and even then, do practice caution when applying. Um, But I have like a glitter palette of that, which is like twenty four different glitter colors, which is great for me. Um, And then I also have like some. Again, eye makeups, uh, but, like, bigger glitter, like, 
pieces, more like a confetti type situation that I used some like glue, not mm. craft glue. Um, it comes with a packet and then I stick it on and you could do like freckles or you could like make the glitter effect bigger on your face. I just love all types of glitter. Make me shiny. Hooray. It's so good. It's so good. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> okay. How about I do one more and then I don't know if you have any other like little ones we could do like a speed round of just like saying things. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot of other small ones, but like I don't know. I'll <laughs> figure it out. Okay. <laughs> well, my next one is um, sort of like novelty holidays. Novelty holidays. Novelty um, holidays. Like, I love holidays. I love them so much. Um, I do have an anxiety disorder, so I do often have a lot of, like, pressure on me to celebrate Halloween, let's say right <laughs> and then if i don't get halloween right i feel bad mm -hmm. and then i have to wait mm -hmm. but this year because we we're going into another year of you know this gesturing vaguely at everything um i looked up uh, a right. calendar that has basically like all of the like very 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 minor holidays because there's one for basically every day of the year and it's stuff like i don't know banana pudding day or yeah um take a walk in the park day the other day was National Waffle Day, like, oh. things like that. Um, and they just bring this little mm -hmm. bit of, like, joy and whimsy, and it also takes some of the pressure off of my anxiety, because there's so many of them, that if I don't celebrate one, there's more that I mm. can get to. Um, and I'm also somebody who really benefits yeah. from, like, a very specific amount of structure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like, I love a prompt. I do my best work with a prompt. Not strict guidelines, a prompt. So, like, on National Waffle Day, I was like, cool, I will break out my heart-shaped waffle maker, and I'll get to have waffles, which is something I might not have, like, driven myself to do otherwise, because I also have depression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that, as you said it, where, like, it does provide, like, a level of guidance for the day that is also not, like, mandatory. Like, you know, with uh, Easter, for example, if if your family celebrates Easter, then there are very specific mm. things that one does for Easter. But, like, National Take-A-Walk Day, your family is not expecting you to celebrate that. Yeah. You could opt into it if you want, and if you do... You have a plan for the day, and that's to go walk in the park. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, I also really like having an outfit prompt, because I have too many clothes, I would argue. Too many. Um, and that's partially me being a hoarder, and it's partially my very complex gender feelings, where I'm like, well, I can't get rid of the feminine stuff, because I will feel feminine next week. And I can't get rid of the masculine stuff, because I feel masculine today, and probably will in two weeks. Like... <laughs> I would also argue that we are often self-producing theater artists, so you just gotta yeah. <laughs> you gotta keep everything you can get because what if it'll be a prop someday? Exactly, exactly. The amount of times I'm about to like donate uh, a shirt, and I'm like, this could really work for a costume, and then I use mm -hmm. it for a costume, and then after that, I'll yeah either fall in love with it again and keep it or donate it. <laughs> Fair, but to have like a little guidance on um, National Poetry Day happened uh, like last week. And I used that as a very broad uh, prompt where, like, I did try to read some poems at my, like, lunch, lunch break. Um, but also I was like, oh, I'll wear black and white stripes and a beret. 
All that right. Was an outfit I probably wouldn't have picked out that day otherwise. And I love having that just like little push because as somebody whose mental illness really keeps me from uh, doing things <laughs> generally. Sure. Yeah. It's nice to have a push to like dress a way I might not have otherwise or um, make tea and tea sandwiches on tea for two Tuesday. <laughs> Yay. Um, and also some of them have lovely meanings behind them. Like um, I know I posted about international fanny pack day when that passed. Oh yeah. Um, and if you're British and listening, I guess I mean a bum bag. That sounds worse. Like, I understand, but that sounds worse. <laughs> there, there's no good options, I would argue. No. And, like, I wore my sparkly uh, fanny pack, and that felt fun. But also, I did some research, and International Fanny Pack Day was created as a day to, like, raise awareness for ways to fight hunger. Oh, which cool. doesn't sound like, it sounds like a point A to point Z thing, but, like... <laughs> you know what? It doesn't need a point. You know, like, like the, the guy who established it was going someplace with a, a fanny pack. It was the 80s, so they were really big oh, and yeah. had some snacks in there. And then um, a houseless person was like, hey, nice fa- fanny pack. And the guy was like, thanks. And then he handed him the food from the fanny pack. Amazing. And then he's like, it's a holiday now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but that, you know, gave me um, the push to like, I, I, it's not that I was avoiding donating to like hunger relief programs it's just not something i think of like every single day because there's so much happening right all the time but like that day specifically was like a reminder and i was like oh cool and i looked up a hunger relief charity and i donated and i shared the information that's wonderful and it was nice <laughs> yeah i just i love themes i love prompts i love gimmicks themes are great i went on about that longer than i thought i would i apologize no no you're good That'll give me an excuse to go on about this a little bit. Um, Because I know you mentioned the lightning round, and that's fine, but I did do a little cursory research. It's it's not as long as Hades, but it is the uh, musical Islander, which... It's it's not like one of it it did not have a Broadway run. It's not like one mm-hmm. of the more well known ones, particularly around here. It's uh, very like Scottish themed. Not themed, themed, but you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a uh, two-person musical. Um, Ooh. Yeah, the soundtrack is on Spotify. It's not one of the soundtracks like Hamilton or Great Comet, where all of the text is within that soundtrack. So like, you're not going to get the full plot from the soundtrack. Nor did I. Uh, the flavor text uh, online for the plot. Um, Sorry if I mispronounced this name. Um, Elde uh, stares out to sea and dreams of a new life beyond her lonely island. Myth and reality collide when the tide washes a mysterious stranger onto her beach, changing her life forever. Yeah. And the soundtrack is absolutely lovely and also super cool. Here's why. So, um, as I mentioned, it's got like a very like Scottish slash Celtic vibe to it like the accents are there the style is there as i mentioned it's performed by two people uh the original cast is kirstie findley and bethany tenick um but there's no orchestra or pit band backing them up it's an acapella show how they perform that is with looping tech uh so if anybody is not 
a music tech person. Uh, looping is uh, it's you uh, use a device um, like a looper pedal or a sampler. Um, you use that to record on the spot into a phrase that plays continuously over and over again. Some folks might know this from uh, the musician Reggie Watts uses that tech a lot in his work. And um, uh, you can also loop over sound that you recorded to create sort of a soundscape. Oh. And that's how they record the backing tracks on the show, is on the spot using a looper. That's really cool. Yeah. So I actually pulled up like a quick sample. Um, I don't know. Like I might either just like keep this recording of me just playing my phone near the microphone or if it sounds terrible, I might like edit okay. in. So listener, you will find either one of those. This okay. is from the song uh, The Splitting of the Islands, which is the first song. So this is mm. the first time that they're uh, introducing this technique. So like the first half of the song is the two of them with no backing or anything, just singing a duet. And then uh, it goes into this. So that's one voice. And then that's just the two of them. Now it's three voices because they did the first loop. Four voices. They looped over. Percussions. And now they're adding themselves back in. And that becomes a loop. Which becomes the background of them duetting again. So yeah. And that's what they do the whole show. I, oh, gosh, that was... That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, my And shout out here to uh, one of my best friends and uh, past guest of the show, Jesse McCormick, who introduced me to this show because it has been a pretty consistent listen since they did. It makes sense to me that they're the one who uh, <laughs> yes, 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 brought yes, it yes. into your world. And that they would recommend it to me specifically because of my proclivities when it comes to musical theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like weird shit. <laughs> So yeah, again, the name of that musical is Islander. Uh, go, it's the full soundtrack is on Spotify. Go look it up. Mm, I'm going to. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, should I do another medium one or do I just entirely uh, up to you? Uh, 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 Star Trek. Star. I. <laughs> I should have known. Star Trek. Oh, uh, tell um, me about Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek is. So many shows. <laughs> I was about to say, in case any of our listeners haven't heard of Star Trek. I feel like most of you know about Star Trek. It's yeah, one of the biggest to. sci-fis. Um, although it's certainly not hard sci-fi. It's There's a lot of magic shit happening. Let's be real. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> I People used to be like, ah, oh, Star Wars or Star Trek. And then for the longest time, I was like, they're so different. Why would you compare them? And I still believe that. But also, I'm like, it's Star Trek for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair. I, it's Star Wars. Star Wars has taken some turns lately where I'm like, ah, eh. um, <laughs> Size and Rise of the Skywalker. 
Uh, meanwhile, Star Trek has problems, certainly. Yeah. But overall, it's such an optimistic view of the future. Mm. And that's nice right now. Yeah. That's I'd nice like right that. now. And I mean, you know, like, granted, uh, they talk about being past prejudice and war. And then in the show, there's a lot of war. And they say they're past prejudice. But there's a lot of, like... <laughs> kind of like a, how a white writer would imagine a past prejudice future. <laughs> exactly. Because we, like, have the outside world of going, like, well, then how come so so much of these casts are white? Mm. Uh, and also, in the world... Uh, why are there so many weird, like, microaggressions against the aliens on the crew? Mm. <laughs> That's weird. It's weird that, like, we're supposed to laugh when they make fun of a, a, a member of their crew for their, like, culture. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Right. Um, but, um, it's just, uh, I, it's, it's just so nice to think about a good future <laughs> where we <laughs> exist and get to explore and get rid of money and mm. world hunger and things like that. And also, um, I put a lot of the great character work on the actors. Uh, the writers, you know, do good too, but I, I put a right. lot of it on the actors. And I feel like there's like, you know, a, not a Star Trek for everyone, but they're each different enough that there's like a full array of vibes. <laughs> 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 a vast array of vibes, raves, Jay Adams. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this concisely. Is the problem? I've been. Oh, sure. I mean, there's so many Star Trek. Yeah, and I've been. Um, me and me and uh, my partner Seamus have been talking a lot about a lot this episode. Um, light of my life. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna watch <laughs> all of the Star Treks in chronological order, and I don't mean release date. I mean within within the universe. All right. Uh, which is wild, because then it starts with Enterprise, which came out in the early 2000s. And then it goes to Discovery, which came out a couple years ago and is still going. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it just ended. I'm not caught up. Uh, and then um, the original series from the 60s. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to be confusing. Um, but I'm excited. And... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm yelling a lot on Twitter about my my thoughts on a lot of the things in the world building. Um, I forget the name of the guy who took over after Gene Roddenberry passed, but fuck him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's very sexist. And even when cast members were like, shouldn't there be gay people in the future? He was like, no. Cool. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And we finally in Discovery have like explicit queer rep neat neat approximate (laughs) neat adjacent opinions uh fair enough fair enough (laughs) representation can always do a little bit better it can always do better than it is doing yes yeah i feel like yeah 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 it's there's there's times when it's like when i watch the old ones i'm like all right this feels like good baby steps considering like original series very progressive for its time. Right. Progressive in the 60s looks different. Yes. Than progressive now. Um, some of the stuff happening in the more recent Star Treks, I'm like, hmm, this isn't up to 2020, 2021 standards. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, that, that's me. I mean, if, if someone wants me to yell at them about um, the, the queer rep in Discovery, 
and our our brand new trans and non-binary rep. I will. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll t- I'm holding it back now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's you know it's that nice escapism, um, because it's such a thorough universe there to explore. Mm. Um, but it's also, I don't know, it makes me feel hopeful in a way. Um, I just love it so much. That's great. (laughs) I love that for you. No, like we can, we can move on before I start crying about how much I love Vulcans. Fair enough. (laughs) I am going to, I guess, do, do my due diligence as, uh, somebody with a platform that the people listen to and bring vaccines to the table. Yes, yes, yes. Vaccines are extremely wonderful. I am going to give my absolutely goddamn very basic bones explanation of the extremely broad history of vaccines and also a little bit about how vaccine work. Um, So, uh, vaccines, um, evidence actually, like, uh, Edward Jenner is uh, credited uh, with uh, his successful use of cowpox material to create immunity for uh, smallpox, mm. which was in 1796. And that was super cool of him. Love that. Um, evidence actually exists uh, that the Chinese uh, employed smallpox inoculation as early as 1000 CE. Oh. Yeah. And it was practiced in Africa and Turkey um, as well before it then spread to Europe and the Americas. So this tech has actually been a part of, like, the world for way longer than one might think. But then, of course, we got the uh, the smallpox uh, vaccine, uh, which uh, really kicked the practice into high gear. And his specific method underwent, like, a lot of different changes over, like, uh, 200 years. And that resulted in the complete eradication of smallpox, which is just so choice. It's very good. Yeah. Another notable vaccine, I mean, there's a bunch of different vaccines now, is the vaccine against polio, uh, which was created Mm. by uh, Jonas Salk. And I wanted to bring that one up specifically because in a 1955 interview with uh, him, he was asked who owned the patent on the vaccine against polio. And his response was, and I quote, well, the people, I would say, there is no patent. Could you patent the sun? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the favorable answer as opposed to what the United States and such are trying to do right now and be like, quick, patent the COVID vaccine. We need to make sure that somebody is profiting off of world health care. I'm so tired. Yeah, that part, that part sucks out loud. Just wanted to mention it. Yeah, but that's capitalism, not vaccines. <laughs> yeah, that's not vaccines' fault. That's capitalism's fault. Like um, most the, things. The true spirit of the vaccine is that is a, it is a technology that should constantly be accessible and shared wherever it can. Uh, the absolute basic gist of the vaccine is that it introduces a, uh, a tinier, fightable version of whatever you're vaccinated against into your body and then your body uh, learns from that experience how to combat that mm. strain. 
so that uh, the next time it's introduced to your body, like if you get an infection or something, your body knows how to fight it. This uh, is not to say, like, uh, the COVID vaccine is a little bit different because uh, it involves, like, RNA and, like, that just takes a slightly different approach. But it is still essentially the same thing of, like, your body being introduced to something that is similar to COVID-19 two times. Uh, so, like, there are one-dose ones, but, like, the most popular ones right now, the Moderna and uh, Pfizer um, ones are a two-dose thing. So, like, your body is, like, really getting trained for the big game, mm. um, which is why, um, like, there's a, there's, like, uh, one of, like, the main arguments against vaccines have been, like, oh, well, it makes me feel sick. It's, like, yes. Because your body is doing the thing that it does when something is introduced to your body that's going it's, to make it sick. It's practice. <laughs> it's pra- It's a practice round. It's exposure therapy for your cells. Let it practice. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let them play ref. Um, so, like, the, like, with the first shot, your body's like, okay, okay, like, I, I see what you're doing here. And then the second one is like, alright, you got the tutorial, now fight. And your body's like, hell yeah, I'm going to fight. So that's why people are getting, like, you know, fevers, body aches, stuff like that. Because uh, your body is going on full lockdown mode against this thing. Um, and it has uh, proven extremely effective. The vaccines that we have right now for COVID vac- uh, COVID-19 have proven, like, extremely effective. Uh, even among uh, people who wind up contracting COVID after being vaccinated fully, um, there have been uh, substantially fewer hospitalizations and deaths as a result. And uh, people who have been vaccinated and got COVID wound up experiencing slim to no symptoms that could have been much worse if they were not vaccinated. Mm. So I think that's extremely cool. Um, I have had the good fortune um, as somebody who technically works in a medical facility. Um, Same Z's. Say yeah, um, I have been fully vaccinated, including there's a two week period after you've gotten your second dose mm-hmm. that you should wait in order your, for your body to be all good. Um, so I have been at that point since late February, mm-hmm. and I have not run out into the world like, haha, no more masks for me, hooray. Yes. Because I, it's still important. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I was going to say that um, I believe the CDC recommendations are that vaccinated folks can hang out with other vaccinated folks if they're going to see um, someone outside of that. You, They recommend one household um, of unvaccinated people that you can interact with. Um, and that's because people with the vaccine can, A, still catch it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, a very minor version. Um, but that ties into B, spread it. You can still yeah. carry it. So even if you are fully vaccinated, please don't like go out to restaurants or um, have parties or <laughs> yeah, do any of those things. Like, please hang out with your other vaccinated friends and you can choose um, wisely small groups of people to hang out with who haven't been, but make sure you are aware of their bubble. Yes. And their precautions they're taking. This is still out there. <laughs> yeah. There is there is still a pandemic. Um, but that said, um, I have spent the past year um, strictly, very strictly quarantined to just my household, which is myself and my partner. Yes. Um, 
where my the rest of my family, I have like five other family members uh, in my immediate family, like they were all like with each other and all that in their pod. Um, so I didn't really get to interact with them mm. all that often because I was keeping to my own pod. And um, they, my family, extremely fortunately, has also been vaccinated um, as of this month. So I have been able to extend my pod from just myself and my partner to my immediate family. Mm. And I cannot even begin to describe how fucking good that feels. Yeah. <laughs> like, getting to actually, like, see them and hang out with them again and not be scared. Like, I'm still cautious, of course, but mm-hmm. it's a really good feeling. So vaccines are just absolutely wonderful and beautiful, and I'm so fortunate. Yes. So, and And I just want to say, like, with the way that vaccine distribution is happening right now, you are not taking a vaccine from somebody else if you go get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Do not lie to medical professionals about, like, what qualifies you and stuff. Not Do not idea. make stuff up. <laughs> but, like, for example, I'm gonna pull, like, a complete, like, a literal hypothetical. I'm not doing that thing where I'm, like, lying about it being a hypothetical when it's a thing that happened. Um, say that you are a smoker. And you're like, oh, well, I don't think I should go get the vaccine, even though I qualify, because, like, there's other people who have it worse than me. No, go get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The goal, the goal is that everyone should be vaccinated if they part. are able, if they are able to get the vaccine, you should get vaccinated. Whenever that happens is here or there. Mm-hmm. Like, when it is your time. You have to go get the vaccine. It is not a morality thing. You are not, like, there is not some person with 17 broken legs and, like, glass for a heart. Like, oh no, I was about to get the vaccine, but then you got- No. That is not what's happening right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know that some states it should be opening up to everyone fairly soon, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get on lists. Too. Like, if you are eligible but not able to get an appointment, you can get a, on a list so that if they have extras at the end of the day, they can call you in if you're able to get there on time. Yeah. Um, because besides the fact that, like, you know, please just get vaccinated as soon as you can, um, the extras go bad. <laughs> the extras do go bad. There's a limited uh, shelf life on them. Yeah. Very limited. So, like... You're helping <laughs> in yes. more than one way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, yeah, like, and I mean, obviously, whether or not you can uh, get vaccinated yet, uh, if you aren't able to stay home full time because you have to work, that's completely understandable. Just please, you know, <sighs> be safe because there's a lot of people out there who don't care. <laughs> and the CDC recommends two masks, two masks, everyone. Two masks. Double up. I wear three sometimes. <laughs> I got like the disposable blue ones, like a pack of those, and I also I put that under my cloth ones, so mm. I can still I can still be fashion, but also have that little protection underneath. Mm. That's extremely important to me. Yes, fashion. So yeah, not to make this like a sliding into bummers uh, PSA, but like, you know, I think vaccines are pretty fucking great. And I would just like to let everybody know with whatever voice I have on whatever platforms I can to go fucking get one. If you're able. Yes. 
Yes. Go. If you can't get one, use some resources to convince those family members who don't think they should, even though they're eligible. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 You got another one? <laughs> uh, I can just shout some things really quick. Go. All right. Um, cats. Fresh yes. air. The sound of running water out in the wild. So nice. Um, and, uh, waffles. I already talked about those. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, writing music, making art, psychiatric meds. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also I'll put out there, uh, learning. Learning is awesome and very fun. And I recommend learning about, um, Groups of people that you do not belong to, especially groups that maybe don't have the advantages that the groups that you belong to do have. Uh, yeah. So you can learn about other people's situations and cultures and, and hardships and learn about ways to use the advantages you do have to help them. And you can also learn about things like how albatrosses can fly while they're sleeping. Yeah, there's all types of things you can learn. <laughs> and sand tiger sharks um, control their depth in the in the water by burping. Ooh. So learning, okay. learning. So many things you can learn. I like yeah. learning. Uh, that's, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> cool. My only other small one was the sun. Yes. She's beautiful. If you can... Try to get some sunlight every day, folks, as somebody who has medical issues that are greatly exacerbated by an extreme lack of vitamin D in my system. Please the go sun get sunlight. Has that. <laughs> yeah. The sun has some of that for you. She go, wants to help us. She wants to help. Go take like a five minute walk even. like, Or sit on your porch or front door or whatever. Any, any little bit helps, truly. Or even like if you can't find it in yourself to go outside... Uh, dr- pull open the you know, uh, window mm. curtains. Even that can help. A little. Just a little bit of sunlight is good for your body. It can be very good for your brain, depending. Um, I yes. know some people have the flavor of seasonal affective disorder. That is the opposite of what we expect, and that's a lot of right. sunlight can be a bummer for them. Um, I'm sorry. You do you. If you but can, otherwise- <laughs> try, and get, try and get some for health reasons. Yes. I don't know. It's but that was my other tiny thing. Is I agree. The sun, she, the sun, colon, she beautiful. She beautiful. She beautiful. She beautiful. She beautiful. And the moon is my girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> the moon is the most polyamorous lesbian in the yes. universe. It's true. It's true. <laughs> She's dating everyone who's even a little bit sapphic. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um yeah yeah cool moon and sun love those love those sky orbs cool sky orbs I, good I, job i know they're looking out for us cool we want to we want to wrap this stuff up <laughs> <I> guess so <laughs> plug plug our shit yeah this has been a pretty sick prank i think we're we're done though <laughs> y'all got fucking pranked um, if you want me to yell um, Star Trek hot takes at you, like, who's the best and worst captain, best and worst doctor, pilot, uh, second in command, whatever, I've got all those. I will gl- gladly yell at you. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter yelling about those things at underscore glitter goblin underscore. 
And you can find My Gay Agenda on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now Stitcher, um, as well as whatever podcatchers work with those. If you're there, why not drop us a rating? Um, I'm waiting on you, Lil Nas and uh, Brian Henson, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whenever you want to. Um, And also, you know, share with your friends. Uh, Maybe don't start with this episode strictly because it is just a knockoff of another show, but... We have other episodes <laughs> we do. to start people off on. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash mygayagenda, I believe, is the URL. You can find us on uh, Twitter. Our handle is gayagendacast. You can now find us on Instagram. Uh, the handle is mygayagendapodcast because I simply could not find anything else shorter than that and also <laughs> explained our deal. Um, some jerk probably took my gay agenda the handle i don't know what their story is um and you can also find us on patreon um patreon.com slash my gay agenda uh it really helps us uh you know run the show because there are expenses that come with that um including uh paying stipends to the folks that we interview because, uh, you know, we're extremely privileged that they chose to share their stories with us. Yeah. So, you know, give give something back. Yeah. Um, and sound equipment and, can- and stuff, because we sound a lot better than we used to. Oh, boy, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and you can join the Patreon like Rachel, Wonderful Things Higgins, uh, Quentin J. Alexander, Jim Nolan, and Tiny Sneal. Uh, thank you for joining us. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. And get pranked! Get pranked! <laughs> Heck it! <laughs> we got you. That's the sound of you getting pranked. Oh, it's melodica. <laughs> melodica is the prank instrument. It, it is. It's true. I mean, I don't have an air horn. A whoopee cushion and a piano had a baby and it was a melodica. Oh my god, you're not wrong. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda.